Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We come from so many places on a Sunday morning. And you are really kind to meet us in all of those places and tend to us in every way we need. So as we gather around your word now, would you tend to us in every way we need and draw us out to be the people the world needs? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We love Steve Dykstra. And we're going to walk with him. And we're going to walk with Kathy. In every way that they need, we're going to pray prayers of lament. And we're going to sing songs of faith. And we're going to show up in every capacity we can to serve them in the best way that they need. Since Steve's diagnosis in January, there have been several moments that he and I together have agreed have been sort of tender moments of God saying, I see you, I know you, I love you. One of them happened this week. Uh, we were, I asked him to share his testimony, and he was a little reluctant because speaking in front of people is not really anyone's favorite thing to do. So we pushed it off to October 21. That seemed like far enough away to not have to think about now. Uh, but the more he thought about it, the more it seemed like, you know, I really need to share sooner rather than later. So we got together on Wednesday of this week where he shared with me what he intended uh, to have read. Uh, that's when I read first the book, uh, The Red Sea Rules. I interrupted him and I said, Steve, you're not going to believe this. That's the very passage I'm preaching from this Sunday. Uh, he cried. Not a big deal. The circumstances didn't change, but it sure felt to us, I see you, I know you, I love you. So I want you to listen to that story today. And I want you to open your hearts to receive this verse especially. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to keep still. There it is. That's it. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to keep still.
Now listen carefully and listen well. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pi-Hahiroth between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall camp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say, The Israelites are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will harden the heart of Pharaoh, and he will pursue them, so that I may gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did this. Uh, When the king of Egypt was told that the Israelites had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and all of his officials were changed towards the Israelites. They said, what have we done? Letting Israel leave our service. So he had his chariot made ready and he took with him his army. He took 600 picked chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh And he pursued the Israelites while they were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his chariot drivers and his army. And they overtook them, camped by the sea by Pi-Hahiroth in front of Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the, the Israelites looked back. And there were the Egyptians advancing on them. And in great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you had to take us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to keep still. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites, go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may be parted and the Israelites might walk through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the heart of the Egyptians and they will come in after you. Pharaoh and his army and his chariots and his chariot drivers so that I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and his chariots and his chariot drivers. Then the angel of the Lord who who was going before them moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them to behind them and it came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. The cloud was there with the darkness and it lit up the night and the one did not come near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the waters parted. 
And the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians went in after them. And the Lord at dawn looked down from the pillar on the Egyptians and threw them into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that it was difficult to turn. And and the Egyptians said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for Israel against Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, their chariots and their chariot drivers. And at dawn, the waters returned. And the Egyptians fled before it, and the Lord tossed them into the sea. The Lord's return, the, the waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers and all the army that went in after them. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked through the sea with the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel from the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And the Israelites saw the great work the Lord did against Egypt that day. And the Israelites feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Exodus 14. That's the story of the Red Sea. Did you hear it? Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to keep still. If you're new to church or um, checking out faith, let me kind of catch you up. Uh, Christians think, and the Bible says, that God created the world. He created it good, but something really sad happened. We call it the fall, and the world was sent spiraling into chaos. But God wasn't good with the spiral, so God preserved for himself a people through Noah and an ark and then made promises to Abram who had a son, Isaac, who had a boy, Jacob, who had a kid, Joseph, who was down in Egypt. Joseph grew strong and so did Israel and and Pharaoh, a new Pharaoh, got really uncomfortable with Israel's strength, so he oppressed them. He enslaved them and God's not good with slavery. So he raised up a leader named Moses. Moses, who leads the people of God out of Egypt towards the freedom of the promised land, but here now they're stuck. The armies of the past are advancing, and the raging waters of the future are just before them. Moses is stuck. And then you get it. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. The Lord will fight for you. And you only have to keep still. Have you ever been stuck? Have the armies of the past ever been advancing and the waters of the future just raging? You can't really go back, but ahead doesn't seem all that great either. You ever been stuck? 
You can't, you can't really go back to the addiction. It's, it's eating your marriage alive. But new practices and new patterns, who knows what that's going to look like? The Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is keep still. You can't really go back to the dysfunctional relationship as it was. But a new way of being together is unknown and kind of scary. The Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is keep still. You can't really go back to a naive view of the world where everyone's good and everyone's trustworthy, but the future full of cynicism and bitterness doesn't seem all that great either. The Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is keep still. That's where I want to spend our time today. But we got to acknowledge this is a tough story. Is that okay to acknowledge? This is a tough story. I mean, we could flannel graph this thing and make it all Sunday school sweet, but at the end of the day, this is a tough story. I mean, what do you make of, I will harden the heart of Pharaoh? What do you do if, and the Israelites saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore? I mean, we could just say, well, it's tribalism. That's the way it was. We could go all hyper-Calvinist. God chooses the same sum and others are damned. Tie it all nice and tidy in a theological bow. We could skip it. Shall we skip it? For God so loved the world. How about that sermon? We could just say, I don't really know. I'm just not altogether sure. I have some things to say, but I don't have everything to say. But saying I'm not sure isn't to say there's nothing to say. We can still say maybe, maybe God is not opposed to involving himself in the complexities of our world. Maybe God is not opposed to involving himself in the details of our lives. And, and a story like this one, yeah, Moses makes it through with the Israelites and we can sing the song of Moses and we will in a few minutes. And we can also leave the story with an ache Longing, looking for something more, something better. And the something more and the something better is named Jesus. Jesus who took violence on himself. Jesus who took shame on himself. Jesus who suffered and died for the forgiveness of sins and rose from the dead to overcome sin and violence and shame so that we can have life and freedom and joy and we can love and serve and give. All right, I'll calm down. Just this part of the verse, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. The Lord will fight for you. What if that's true? What if that's true? What if the Lord will fight for you? What if God is actually active in the world? What if God is actually active for you in the world? The assessment of Christianity in America is that we are practical atheists. We're happy to stand up on a Sunday morning and recite the, the Apostles' Creed, and we'll piously pray our prayers around the dinner table on Tuesday night, but we basically live as if God doesn't exist. 
That's practical atheism. And so we run ourselves tired and we run ourselves ragged making sure we're taking care of ourselves and we accumulate enough money so that, I, you know, I'm really not worried if I'm going to eat later this week. And when we gather enough people around us, so I, I really, really don't have to do it alone. And we have enough fallback plans, so when this doesn't work out, I can go that way. I really don't need God, is the way we live our lives. And then sometimes, sometimes you just run stuck. And all of your best efforts, and all of your trying, and all of your working, it just doesn't matter how much money you have, or how many friends you have, or how many plans you have. You just stuck. You can't go back. The armies of the past are advancing, and you can't go forward. The waters are raging. What if it's true? The Lord will fight for you. What if that's true? What if God is active in the world? What if God is active for you in the world? What if God is for you? Uh, wait, wait. Somebody once said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Jesus said, I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Even the Belgic Confession gets in on it. We believe that God is good. And after creating all things, did not abandon them to chance or fortune, but leads and governs them according to his holy will. What if it's true? What if it's true? What if it's true? What if God is for you? You can't go back. And you know what I'm talking about. And forward doesn't look all that promising. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. When Moses stood up to say, the Lord will fight for you, that was actually a fairly dramatic statement. I mean, we, we live now, uh, Christianity is the assumption, and monotheism is baseline. But the Egyptians had their God, and the Philistines had their God, and the Israelites had their God, and everybody was wondering, whose God is God? For, for Moses to say, the Lord will fight for you, is to say, our God is God. Our God is the God. And that God is for you. The Lord will fight for you. And God's for you-ness, which I just made up, God's for you-ness is demonstrated most completely and most beautifully and most fully in Jesus Christ. God will fight for you. He will fight so hard for you. He'll take on what you are. He'll become as you are. He'll know what you're going through. He'll go through what you're going through to redeem and restore and make it new and make it right. God is for you. The Lord will fight for you. And then the verse goes on, and you only have to keep still. Well, there you go. Try that on for size. You only have to keep still. That doesn't go over well here, does it? That's not our way. I like to joke in this community with its Dutch legacy, if you're not bleeding, you're not working. <laughs> Keep still. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to keep still. Which is kind of interesting because Moses has this, you know, this impassioned plea. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to keep still. And then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to go forward. <laughs> so which is it? 
keep still or go forward. Maybe, well, actually, keeping still does not mean standing still. It doesn't mean do nothing. It means go forward. Move forward into God's good future, into God's good plans. Trust God. The waters are raging, yes, but maybe God will part the waters. Maybe God will make a way where there was no other way. You keep still, not stand still. Move forward. You can't go back. You can't go back. You know you can't go back. But the future isn't all laid out nicely either. Just keep still. The Lord will fight for you. Go forward. Go forward. The, the, the word keep still actually conjures up images of hold your peace. Hold peace. Move forward. So our dear friend Steve, we love you, Steve. And we love you, Kathy. Uh, diagnosed in January 12th told me on Sunday morning, January 14, before the service. I remember the conversation. He, you said, why don't I tell you after the service? And I said, why don't you tell me now? <laughs> you were trying to protect me. Steve is just a phenomenal human being. Um, he is the kind of guy who would give you the shirt off his back. He'd have a rooster on the... <laughs> he'd give you the cinnamon roll off his plate and the coffee in his mug. That's just the kind of guy he is. He's a funny guy, too. He's a prankster. Uh, Jake left his bike unlocked at Pillar a few weeks ago, so Steve tied an extension cord to it and hoisted it up into a tree. <laughs> we work hard at Pillar. Uh, Steve's honest. The, the disease is working for him. It's from inside out. He's starting to feel it in his hands and his feet. He's honest about the pain. He's honest about the sadness. He's honest about the questions. And he also stands up, you may have noticed, and says things like, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And then he goes on to tell us about goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy is the prayer he's been praying. Goodness and mercy is the psalm he's been reciting. Goodness and mercy is the experience he's having. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to keep still. You can't go back. You can't go back. future is filled with concerns. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to keep still. Amen?